Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sankirtan On. Um, it's a bi bi monthly um, Sankirtan podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest joining us. Um, his name is uh, His Grace Sukta Prabhu. And he's a resident brahmachari at ISKCON UK's headquarters, the Bhaktivedanta Manor. He oversees the uh, brahmachari program there and leads on national outreach programs and is also a mentor and counselor for the community's youth groups. He has written teaching courses on spirituality, lifestyle management, success principles, and devotional practices at the affiliated college, the School of Bhakti. He also lectures at universities including UCL, Cambridge, King's College, and OSOAS. And he has authored a series of book guides on scripture and theology, which is actually one of the ways uh, I first also found out about Prabhu, um, his uh, Bhagavad book. Um, he's from the London suburbs. I mean, he was always attracted to the simple, the, to the idea of simple living, high thinking. And in 2002, after graduating from UCL with a BSc in information management, he adopted full-time brahmachari life in order to further his knowledge, deepen his spirituality, and share these timeless principles with the wider society. And uh, Sutta Prabhu also keeps a blog, which is suttapamonk.wordpress.com. So you're all um, encouraged to go there and also you're able to download his book, which I have done. Also, I, I, I would like to get a physical copy, <laughs> but you, the PDF is available for those who do want to take advantage um, from the work that Sutta Prabhu has done. So we welcome you, Sutta Prabhu. Thank you so much Bhajan for joining Prabhu, us Thank today. you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be with you. We always see your pictures, uh, handing out copious numbers of books. It's so inspiring. Sometimes I look at you guys and wonder how, how in the world are you doing it? And my only conclusion is I'll have to come over there and see it in person. So hopefully <laughs> in the future. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome to come, Prabhu. Yeah, I mean, it's just... By the mercy of Guru and Krishna, a little, little small, little minute desire to try to do something to please the Prabhupada and his faithful followers. So, we always like to start with Prabhu. How we always want to know because devotees are so unique. Every single devotee is so unique, and every single story of how devotees come to Krishna consciousness is so special. So we were, we were hoping that you can share with us how how did you come to Krishna consciousness? What was the what was your uh, initial uh, connection? Um, well, I guess uh, my great fortune was that from a young age, I was coming to the Bhaktivedanta Manor. Uh, my parents used to bring me here. But, you know, it was pretty ritualistic, I guess, pretty, pretty much a cultural thing we were doing, just coming uh, every few weeks, coming on festivals, taking darshan, and uh, that's about it. Uh, but when I was 15, I just had an urge to like really understand it more. And so somehow or other, a devotee was going door to door and he distributed a Bhagavad Gita to my best friend. And uh, it just coincided with a time in my life where I was questioning things. And he came in the next morning and said he had got a Bhagavad Gita. And I thought like, wow, I want to read it. And so I got this Gita when I was 15. And... Um, opened it for the first time and didn't understand anything. It's got completely, completely baffled, but uh, something inside of me said, this knowledge is profound. I don't understand it, but it's profound. And yeah, from there I began associating with devotees more. And at university, I really got more involved, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, by the time I graduated, I was just like, I need to take some time out to explore Krishna consciousness. So I, I went to India for six months, traveled around, and uh, and then, yeah, in 2002, I became a monk at the manor like that. Great, great, 2002. So that means talking 19 years now. Yeah. That's solid. Applies, That's solid, yeah. two decades of service. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's uh, it just goes to show then, I mean, if you if you were interested from the time you were 15, uh, it, you know, like Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita, this is coming from a past life, a previous life. 
Where where your parent where you where your parents originally uh, descend from, Prabhu? Uh, my parents, in terms of their spiritual background. Well, just as far as their maybe their their nationality and just so. Oh, okay, yeah. My parents are uh, they're both from an Indian uh, background, a Hindu background. So yeah, I, I guess in that way, I was introduced to the culture and the tradition of um, the Vedic teachings. And yeah, perhaps, I don't know, by some causeless mercy, either that or something from a previous life, causeless mercy in a previous life. Um, something makes you think there's more to life than the nine to five, 2.4, and ticking all the boxes to make everyone happy. Got to look a little deeper and uh, yeah, somehow or other, the super soul guided to the shelter of Shila Prabhupada's books, which then uh, answered all the questions. Yeah, it's interesting how, you know, is this 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 connection with the Sankirtan devotee such a special thing? It's like, you know, you never know um, who the recipient of the book is going to be and how what effect that book is going to have. So you mentioned that the book was received by your friend. And then your friend gave you that book. Did you yeah, ever find he, out? Yeah, uh, a devotee was going door to door and uh, he distributed the book. Um, and somehow or other, it just coincided with an exact time when I was thinking I want to read the Bhagavad Gita. And so I remember it very, very vividly. It was a, it was a Monday morning, perhaps. And it was, uh, I think it was in the economics class or something of that nature. And somehow he just like said it offhand. He, he didn't think, he didn't know I was interested in any of this. He just said, yeah, well, one of those Hare Krishnas came and they gave me. And I was like, wow, I just saw it as a sign, you know. Um, and I said, I just told him, I want that book. But he was a bit taken aback because he was thinking, why are you so interested in this? You're not religious. And, um, but yeah, he brought it the very next day. And, um, yeah, every time that is such a magical moment, every time a book goes out. Um, when I first used to start, when I first went out on book distribution, sometimes I would just sit on the side of the street and just watch Sankitan devotees, not just because I was having a hard day and I was getting blown off the street, but it was just beautiful to watch Sankitan devotees, like stopping people, uh, making them laugh, connecting heart to heart. And then just handing over a book and watching someone walk away with a book. And someone could just think it, it was a 30-second, one-minute interaction. You had a bit of a banter. You exchanged a bit of uh, a few, you know, a few coins. And that's about it. But it's actually a life-changing moment. It's like destinies are changing. Um, and, and it's such a miraculous thing when a book goes out. Um, and sometimes when we hear all those numbers, you know, like a thousand Maha big books and, you know, it, sometimes in the number we don't, we may not register every single book, how incredible that is, mm. an opportunity for someone to connect, an opportunity they may not have had for lifetimes. So, yeah. Wow, that's profound, Prabhu, you just given us the... Uh, the vision you have when you're out there and you're seeing, I mean, that, that, that leads to me to ask, what, what was your first experience on Sankirtan like? What, 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 what did you, what did you think? What did you, you know, you can walk us through the day, how it was. I mean, I tell you, Gopal Chaburu, I love to watch Sankirtan devotees, but I just couldn't do it. You know, it was just like, we would, uh, when we first joined the temple, it was like compulsory. Everyone would go out on a Saturday. That was the shopping day. That was the busy day. And it was like from Sunday, it would be a countdown, you know, like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go out in five days, four days, three days, two days. And <clears throat> it was tough, you know, I was introverted. I wasn't, I felt like I was getting in people's faces. I felt like totally out of my element. Um, and I felt it was just a big push for me to like try and stop someone and and then convince them. And then on top of that, take a donation. I was just like climbing one mountain after another. Um, but I think by the association of the other Sankitan devotees, it melted my heart. Um, 
when I went out in the beginning, sometimes I would just sit on the watch them and um, I saw their dedication, I saw their belief, I saw how they were able to connect soul to soul with people. And I saw the magic in front of my eyes and I thought like, I want to taste some of that uh, Karuna Ras, you know, that, um, that magic of Sankirtan. So I think, I think the Sankirtan devotees melted my heart and I tried to serve the Sankirtan devotees. I tried to learn from them. Um, and I tried to steal some of their meditation that they had on the street. And, and finally, by their mercy and by Krishna's mercy, Prabhupada's mercy, I was able to break through. And uh, yeah, then, then for quite some years, Sankirtan became like uh, my full-time service. Yeah. Mm. That's nice. That's nice, Rabu. I, I know recently we've been hearing um, how, you know, especially there at the manor, how setting goals and and they've I know with uh, Divya Nam Prabhu and I think Vrindavan uh, Chandra Prabhu, yes, they've they've you know we've all come together and you've set you know large targets and even I even becoming kind of like the hub for Europe, kind of like the ones heading up the 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 whole European yatra kind of setting the goals for the distribution of books. How how can you say now because you've been there, you know now two decades. And now these, you know, within the last few years, kind of this more, it's it's becoming more and more, a little more organized, more goal-oriented, it seems. How would you say that that has, um, that goal-setting has brought the, the, the community together in this uh, unified effort to distribute Prabhupada's books? Yeah. Before I come to goal-setting, maybe I can just share with you a little bit of the evolution of Sankirtan. Absolutely. I remember 20 years ago, we used to have a room in the Brahmachari Ashram and it was called the Sankitan room, you know, the Sankitan devotees rooms. And there were three bunk beds in there, about eight devotees staying in there, and they were the Sankirtan team. And um, they were almost a movement in and of themselves, you know, they knew what they were doing, they were on a mission, and they were doing incredible Sometimes they'd travel and then you wouldn't see them back at the ashram for two months, you know, and then they'd appear. Um, they'd do like one week of intense sadhana and then they'd just be out there again. And they were, <clears throat> they were moving mountains. They were distributing a lot of books. Um, but somehow or other, everyone else wasn't part of it. Um, they, they were the Sankitan devotees. It was their service to do Sankitan and everyone else had their service. Mm. And what I saw evolve over the years was that the, uh, the Sankitan spirit began to spread as the Sankitan devotees opened up to share that spirit with the mm. rest of the devotees. And what we found over the last years is that Everyone wants to be a Sankirtan devotee. Uh, everyone wants to distribute Prabhupada's books. Everyone wants to, every devotee wants to please Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, if you want to please me, distribute my books. But what we found was that many devotees just weren't supported or um, facilitated or trained or encouraged to do that. And we found that when along with the inspiration to distribute books, we also gave them an opportunity. We took them out. We went, you know, we we shared whatever we learned with them. Um, then everyone got into the spirit. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's amazing now at the manor, Divyanam Prabhu, his good wife, Rindarika Ramya Mataji, um, Rindavan Chandra Prabhu, many others, they're doing incredible service. And... Um, the Sankirtan spirit has 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 really uh, begun to pervade more and more corners of our congregation, and uh, yeah, goal setting is incredible. It kind of begun some years ago when we tried to have a we, we did something called the hundred k effort. And the idea effort. was uh, yeah, the idea was to distribute a hundred thousand books in uh, in the marathon. And, you know, for, for about 15, 20 years before that, we hadn't distributed more than 50,000. So we were trying to double it. And somehow or other, everyone just got involved, you know? It's just like from every 
every part of the community and every every you know every devotee in their own way was getting out there experiencing the nectar and um that year was a, such a magical year and um that year we tried for 100k and we ended up distributing 130,000 books. 130,000 books get one out of month, here that's, yeah, a, that's amazing bro um, wow. so it was uh, it was incredible so then the next year we thought okay 200k <laughs> so we tried for 200k the next year and we didn't quite do it but we we got to 150,000 that year um and then the year after that what we decided was that instead of a book number what we try to do is focus on door to door and really get a lot of devotees out so we said we're going to knock 50,000 houses in one month and that was also another miraculous marathon because what happened is um we got to the final 3 days of the marathon and we had knocked 20 20,000 houses so we were 30,000 short and we had three days left. So uh, we came up with this idea <clears throat> to knock 30,000 houses in three days. So I remember this, it was, it was, it was funny. We, we came up with this idea. So I went on Canva, you know, canva.com where you make up those posters. I don't know if you've ever done it. But there's, there's a website you can make posters on there. Yeah, there's a website called canva.com. So I'm making up this poster. We're going to knock 30,000 doors in three days. Everyone get involved. And while I'm making the poster, I'm just thinking, this is silly. This is definitely not going to work. This just doesn't fit with the figures. You know, it, it, it's impossible. And what happens on Canva is once you finish the design, you click the button and then it takes a few minutes to generate the JPEG. And while it's generating the JPEG, it has a famous quote comes up from a famous person. So <laughs> I made this post, I'm just having all these doubts. And then I click the publish button. And then as it's processing, this one quote comes up. And it's a quote from Nelson Mandela. So this quote comes up while I'm having all these doubts. And it says, everything in life seems impossible until the moment you actually do it. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's a message from Krishna. <laughs> so I'm I had sitting on the edge of my seat right now, Prabhu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had full confidence. And then we just put it out there. And mm. um, in, in three days, we ended up knocking 35,000 houses, you know. Goals are powerful, you know, when we come together and we, we, we got a focal point and we all believe in it. And um, it, I tell you another reason why goals are powerful, because our own individual agendas kind of dissolve away in the bigger goal. You know, I think mm. one American president, he says, it's amazing what you can achieve when you don't care who gets the credit. So when you have this goal and it's just about the bigger, the bigger mission that we're all part of, kind of we put our own agendas to one side. And when we do that, it, 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 it brings a certain purity and unity that just brings incredible empowerment and blessings. Um, so, yeah, it's powerful goals and getting everyone involved. And of course, we have so much uh, uh Gratitude and appreciation for His Grace Vaisheshika Prabhu, who's really um, captured everyone's imagination with so many beautiful initiatives. So, uh, yeah. And now today, how, how many how many full time? You could say how many full time book distributors do you have at the Manor now? Well, unfortunately, for the last uh, one, yeah, just over a year, we've yeah. all been <laughs> locked down. In the manner, it's a heavy lockdown. I know you guys yeah. are still going out. Um, we sometimes get envious and we think we need to get, just fly over to join these guys, you know. Um, but yeah, before lockdown, we, we have a full-time team of about six devotees mm. um, who go out from the manor, like full-time every single day. They travel the country. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, we have um, many, many congregations that, you know, go out regularly as well. Um, but yeah, looking to expand it. Yeah. 
Then, then I'm, another thing I was thinking of is how the um, well, the manor is kind of like it's a, it's a, it's an iconic figure now in London. Bhakti Vedanta Manor is kind of like at least from from my view, from my from my understanding, it's like the prime minister is visited. And you have this big haveli. So how how is the 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 book distribution in the manor itself? I, I mean, you must have a a huge operation there from guests coming and just like I'm sure thousands and thousands of books are going out that way. Can you can maybe can you yeah, share maybe some, some, some things you guys do? Yeah, yeah, there's great opportunity within the community. Like, um, of course, the Haveli is coming up, and one of the ideas is to have a permanent exhibition of Prabhupada's books at the manor, so people can come and um, and really learn about you know the the, the genius things that the spiritual genius Shila Prabhupada was. Um, but yeah, amongst the community, amazing things have been done in terms of distributing the books. Like I think in Badra, I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah, three to four hundred sets of Bhagavatams going out. Chaitanya Charitamrita's, I think they did 150 recently. Um, but we know we there's more, there's more potential, and um, the, the manner I think is. We have done some nice things, but I think the manor is still somewhat of a sleeping giant, you know, and uh, we, we need to still uh, wake up some some corners. So, yeah, there's definitely more to do and more opportunity. So. Now, you were mentioning how the Brahmacharis kind of opened up to share, start sharing the secrets of how to do the book distribution. Maybe can you share what, what when, when that evolution was happening, what were some of the things that, that the brahmacharis did or, or the, the the devotees who were distributing books and had that taste what kind of what what kind of what did they do to actually you know pass on that knowledge because it's probably probably the things that a lot of brahmacharis someone might want to know is how they can get the congregation involved it's kind of like the sleeping giant yeah know, for book distribution <laughs> We did lots of different things. The first thing we started doing was uh, videoing Sankirtan devotees on the street um, with a, you know, with a mic and and, and just like um, getting these videos out where everyone can see. Well, how do they interact with people? How do they connect? What kind of things do they say? So we created those videos. Those videos kind of captured people's imagination because they were just amazed to like hear, see, you know, observe the interaction. <clears throat> Then another thing we started doing was um, uh, having like seminars and training sessions where devotees just come together. They do role plays and they, um, um, you know, just have a go in a safe environment like that. But I have to say, you can do all of these things. You can watch all the videos, learn all the lines in a role play. But ultimately, you got to get out there. You got to get out there and learn to swim in the ocean of the material world um, and so what we would do is just take devotees out and every devotee we would go in pairs like one experienced devotee and one new devotee and we just go door to door and um, you know it was like the new devotee would speak and the experienced devotee would back them up and you know get them out of trouble or you know like uh boost up the conversation when it was going a little down and like that the, the new distributor learned you know how to interact what to say and ultimately confidence it's just a confidence thing actually uh, most devotees they know how to speak to others they know the philosophy they know um, how to crack a joke and create a light you know but they need to have the confidence you know and, and so just doing it, you get the confidence. So that was really good. And then what we started doing also is taking devotees away um, on traveling Sankirtan for like yeah. three, three days, four days. Because I tell you what, like um, if you take devotees out once a week, it's nice. But, you know, you know what it's like on Sankirtan. Sometimes the first hour or two, you just have to get the engine going again, you know, psych yourself up. But what happens is when you do five or six hours, seven hours of Sankirtan every day for one, two, three days in a row, you build a momentum and you build a flow and you build a, you know, and you kind of break through. We used to call it mm. breakthrough, you know, that devotee, he's broken through now. 
And, and so we found that taking devotees on uh, intense uh, Sankirtan experiences for a few days helped them to get to the next level like that. That's good. That's good. Have like a Sankirtan immersion. You can make like a program. Yeah. Yeah. Sankirtan immersion. Come for a week, Sankirtan immersion, you know, in New York City or right in the right in Soho, the middle yeah, of London. Definitely, you know. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a, it's a great thing. And, um, Another thing we used to do is, uh, you know, utilize the Hari Nams as well, because that made it a lot easier for the devotees to distribute. I remember one year we got the Hari Nam Ruchi, uh, the Hari Nam Ruchi boys came down. And what we did is we took our 20 youth with the Hari Nam Ruchi and we went for six days to the north of England. And we did uh, three Hari Nams every day in three different cities. Um, so like in, in, in five days, we did like 15 cities and it would just be like, you know, the van, the, the two vans would rock up, you know, 30 devotees would like come out of the vans, the Harinam Ruchi, that'd be like 100 miles per hour from like go, the word go. And it would just do like this whirlwind blitz through the city, you know, and everyone's um, imagination was captured. And so for devotees to distribute books, it was just so easy because people were attracted and, and then they got the confidence. And Because sometimes just doing book distribution cold, like not cold, but just straight face to face, that can be, that can phase you out. So having some other things backing them up um, always helps, you know. So that's another thing that we were doing. That's great. That's great. So that's kind of like, uh, kind of like the monthly Sankatan Festival. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like they, years ago, they used to call it we. Well, maybe they still do. They call it weekend warriors nowadays. The we weekend warriors. Yeah. A sacred street party. Uh, we have all these different initiatives going on. Yeah. It's nice. That's nice. So, what would you say? I mean, in your years of of uh, your years of book distribution outreach, what is the what is the response of most people? What What do you see like? When most people first receive a book, what's kind of like the the, the the normal response you get there in London? Now, I mean, especially there in London, Hare Krishna is so um, there in the UK. It's it's so it's so known, so well known. Yeah, people are open. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, um, someone was asking me the other day, like, if Krishna consciousness is so amazing, then why isn't the movement bigger? And so I was giving them a few reflections, but what I said to them, as I said, look, look in the world today, meditation, basically everyone's looking to that. Vegetarianism, everyone's realizing the benefits of that. Yoga, a household word. Karma, something that everyone connects with. Um, and I said, look at these concepts. These are like core elements of Krishna consciousness. So even if you tell me the Krishna consciousness movement is not expanding, the very principles that we stand for, that are the very core of our philosophy, are basically proliferating throughout society in a mass way. So if you say the Krishna consciousness movement is not expanding, uh, you may have a one-dimensional vision of it. It is expanding. Um, and, and Mahaprabhu has a plan, you know. So like when you go out nowadays... People are into it, right? You like tell them about meditation, yoga, karma. Um, and it's just like we use those buzzwords. And But what I would say more than that is people just want to connect to a genuine, authentic, um, nice, spiritual person. Even an atheistic person will appreciate a nice, authentic, gentle um humorous uh, spiritual person and so it's really like uh, that's what the devotees used to always say to me they they don't just buy the book they buy you you know mm. and, uh, and so it's very much about what we exude but yeah people are open and uh, people are hungry I, I I'm kind of itching to get out there because I'm thinking like after this whole thing that's gone on in the world probably all people they, 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 right they're now. wanting it they're wanting it. Yeah, we, we, we have a place here and uh, we go to practically on a regular basis called Washington, Washington Square Park. 
and this is like the mecca for the youth right now in the, in the, on the the north the northeast of the United States. You you hear some people that are coming from from Philadelphia, that are coming down from Maine, just to come to this park. But well, what do you find in this park? You just find kids hanging out; they're not doing anything. So then there we are to have to give them the knowledge. So, and these people you're meeting, you know, these people that you've met. What are what are their, what are like some next steps you offer for them? Because I know that a lot of the times this question is there: is okay, you're distributing so many books, but what's the next thing? You know, like you go door to door and, and you know you knocked on those fifty-five thousand houses and you say you you distribute those hundred and fifty thousand books, but now what what do you do next for these uh, these people who receive these books? Yeah, if if our viewers wanna or our listeners wanna check it out, we've got a website, KrishnaWisdom.com, and this is like KrishnaWisdom.com. KrishnaWisdom.com. Yeah. How do you spell Krishna on that rule? K R I S H N A. Okay. And on there, we like we created an online course called In Essence. I don't know if you all have it in America, the In Essence book. We got some copies from the UK. <laughs> okay, you got some copies. Yeah, right. So we we kind of put this new book together with questions and answers with Prabhupada. And then we created a, um, a follow-up website and a follow-up uh, online course for people to do. So that was nice. We were promoting that on a bookmark with every book that we gave out. We were just like, hey, with every book, you get a free online course which teaches you about wisdom and meditation. So that was nice. Um, of course, the devotees are collecting contacts. There's, there's nothing like an old-fashioned uh, personal connection with the people that you meet, you know? So we're, we're still doing that. Um, Nowadays, the devotees are harnessing social media a lot more. So what they do is they create like a, a Facebook group and then anyone that they meet, they just get their Facebook ID and then add them to the group. And then on that Facebook group, you have like ongoing discussion and inspiration, all those kind of things. And then um, these are some of the kind of things we're doing. Um, and I think that the way forward also is um, live online courses as well, you know? So we're kind of looking mm -hmm. at how to do that off Udemy and things like that. Um, live online courses. Yeah, yeah, kind of like offering, basically kind of like Prabhupada's idea to really make, you know, um, you know, kind of like the Bhakti Shastri kind of make courses like this, you know, time courses. I know there's some, there's some, uh, like the Bhakti Center here, they do like you can sign up for a, a, a eight week course, kind of like that you know, and then you have to register, and they say okay, there's only 15 um, positions available, so it kind of creates that commitment when the people yeah. register and sign up, and then it also you give them a definitive time period, which is not so much of a commitment, but they'll get so much out of that you know few weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So my next uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about was the your books now we know Prabhupada um put so much emphasis on book distribution but we also hear how Prabhupada on the other end would say also read my books so famously um it's mentioned how one time the Sankatan devotees were there and Prabhupada was sitting there and they were coming to Prabhupada and they were saying so so many books how many books were distributed and Prabhupada just said oh that is very really nice he said but are you reading my books he said, I have not written these books just for you to distribute. I've written these books for you to read, become pure devotees, and go back home, back to God. And um, it's particularly a book of yours. Uh, it's called the book Bhagavat. Yeah. And so this book, I particularly, when I remember when I first got it into my hands, I was just like, this is completely amazing. So maybe you can share with us how, how your love for reading Srimad Bhagavatam and studying Srimad Bhagavatam um, came about, developed, and how you've uh, kind of put put this all together into this masterpiece you've now produced. I know maybe 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 that's <laughs> uh, you know sometimes a lot of people. I know you're very humble. Maybe you might not want to accept, but it's it's a very nice book. Rule. Thank you for 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 putting it out. Yeah, by Krishna's mercy, like um, I had many opportunities over my brahmachari time to go out and share Krishna consciousness with others and 
Um, for me, like when I when I saw Prabhupada preach, what struck me as 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 unique was how applicable, relevant, um, and practical Prabhupada was in sharing the philosophy. He wasn't just speaking a philosophy, but he was giving people things that they could apply, things they could do tomorrow, and things that if they did, it would change their life. Prabhupada was talking about what was going on in the world and he was relating it to the Gita, the Bhagavatam. Prabhupada was uh, addressing the problems that people encounter on a day-to-day basis and showing how Krishna consciousness has all the solutions. So for me, Prabhupada's genius was not that he was just able to bring all of this ancient knowledge and translate it, but the real genius was that he was able to make it relevant. And um, and so whenever I, as a servant of Srila Prabhupada, as a servant of Srila Prabhupada's followers, whenever I would go out and try and share Krishna consciousness, that would be my foremost meditation. I'd read a verse from the Bhagavatam and I'd think, what does this mean? What does this mean for life? What does this mean for me in terms of what I need to change? Um, How does this relate to the world around us? How does this address the needs, issues and concerns that people may have? Um, And so, yeah, over years I would go out and try and share Prabhupada's books, the Gita, the Bhagavatam, the CC and think deeply on these points. And um, I guess over time, devotees found it useful. They kind of encouraged me. And so then over years, then I tried to collate all of those things and and make it structured and and visual. And um, I have to say, uh, it was like, uh, in the beginning, it was a block to write books. It It was almost taboo because devotees would be like, why are you writing books? Prabhupada's book's already there. You you think you're bigger than Prabhupada? You think you're better than Prabhupada? You think you can write something that Prabhupada missed out? And I was like, no, no, that's really not my intention. But I feel that if we write certain things, then maybe it will encourage and inspire and facilitate people to read Prabhupada's books more deeply. And to be honest, that is the one and the only one objective of any of these books. That if at the end of reading them, someone thinks, I want to read Prabhupada's full translation, I'm like, okay, my job's done. You know? So it was a little bit of a block. And, um, you know, you hear in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you know, the qualification of someone who should be writing on transcendental subject matter and you think, oh my God, like, <laughs> I'm so far away from that. But I felt very much in my heart that if Srila Prabhupada was right in front of me, I feel he would tell, say to all of us to do that. Um, whatever works to bring people to Prabhupada's books. So, so yeah, we put something together for the Bhagavatam, for the Chaitanya Charitamrita, for the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and uh, it, it was purifying for me it was enlivening for me and uh, now we also run courses on all of those books um, so like right now we're going through the whole Bhagavatam in like 16 sessions we do a whole overview of the 12th, 12 cantos of Bhagavatam quite pretty quick but you get a sense of the flow and the overview and then devotees look at the Bhagavatam and they think, okay, I, you know, I kind of got the overall picture. So I don't feel like I'm drowning in a whole bunch of information and I don't know where I am. They feel more uh, confident. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that if the devotees are happy, then I'm happy. Yeah, that's a really nice service for definitely getting people that have confidence to read Prabhupada's books. And... Um, yeah, that regular contact. I, I like that point you were mentioning about making things relevant. And this is and, and to this regard, we hear a Prabhupada would mention how the BTG was the backbone to the to the movement because he would, they would this when the Back to Godhead was coming out. That's what Prabhupada's, Prabhupada's intention was that you know you you get these relevant topics from nowadays and all the devotees should write articles. 
So this is a, all the devotees should write. So that's definitely going to your point with sometimes that um, that that instruction of Prabhupada is um, maybe not so much at the forefront or presented or even encouraged that the devotees should write. So I mean, what, yeah, what just on that say? point, it's like yeah. it's amazing. You see, like you read in Lilamrita, like when Prabhupada's first starting the Back to Godhead, and he's like. One article, my Guru Maharaj. One article, me. And one article, all of you. And you think like, Bhaktivedanta Saraswati Thakur, AC Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada. And then he just brings the devotees up. He brings the devotees up on that level. And that level of empowerment, that level of saying, you've heard, now repeat. And, you know, in a chaste way. And Prabhupada had that confidence. So, it was so empowering. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. It's... No, no, bro. That's, that's... Yeah, so I, what, what would you think? Because I know nowadays it kind of seems like, at least in America, I don't know how it is in in uh, in um, there in the UK, but is the Back to Godhead still a prominent prominent force? You would say, or is it, or is it that we should again put emphasis on you know this you know devotees just you know taking these modern. Uh, issues and uh, attacking directly head on, showing them this is how Krishna consciousness applies. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, somehow or other, back to God had seemed to undergo some kind of evolution, and um, it's wonderful actually. It's still wonderful the the, the quality, the layout, you know, haka. Um, but it, it tends to seem to cater more for the devotee communities, which is still amazing. It's still really really good. I think some years ago they tried to create a new magazine, right, called the Spirit Magazine, or there was something like that, which was almost like a, a new style of Back to Godhead, which was meant for outreach, you know. Um, and maybe that's something we do need to explore because, you know, imagine like post-COVID if you had a magazine out on, you know, like spiritual techniques to deal with post-COVID world, you know. I mean, it's like it'd be pretty easy to kind of distribute that on the street, you know, like people want an alternative approach. They want to know, you know, how am I going to deal with life? So I think whether it's back to Godhead that, you know, needs to evolve or need to tweak the content or whether it's a new magazine, we definitely need to be addressing the issues of the day because um, it's an immediate hook, right? It's just an immediate hook for people. Yeah. Yeah, get them hooked up to Krishna. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we have the uh, Sankirtan 6. So we're going to ask some rapid-fire questions. And sure. you can re reply as you see. So if there was one person in the past, present, or future who you want to distribute Gita to, who would it be and how would you do it? <laughs> um... I was thinking someone like uh, Einstein, and I and I say that with hesitation because apparently Einstein already read the Gita, right? I, I hear different things, but but you want to give him Prabhupada's Gita? Prabhupada. <laughs> <laughs> Prabhupada said, if you want to cut atheism at the roots, Bhaktivedanta Institute, the scientists, because the scientific. Um, you know, the, the prevailing scientific theories are what are kind of facilitate atheism. And so my sense is that, you know, if an intellectual who has certain intellectual power can really establish some of these things and uh, understand some of these points, it would have a huge effect. So I guess Einstein was the first person that came to my mind. And uh, how would I do it? Um, I have not, I, maybe, uh, maybe something to do with the universal form, you know, like uh, talking about the universal form and so, somehow that, that chapter of the Gita seems to me to be like, uh, you know, like even that, that atom bomb guy, right? Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer, yeah. On that chapter as well. So there's something very scientific and uh, very, uh, for those looking into the universe, or maybe something from there, I tried to uh, share with him. Okay, that's good. That's good. If you had all the resources in the world, 
how would you like to spread the Christian consciousness movement in Europe? What would be your, you know, your magic wand there? What would you do? <laughs> These are tough questions. You know, you should have given me before. Um, how would I use all the money? I would say, like, uh, I think restaurants are really, really powerful. Um, restaurants and yoga centers and like uh, reading rooms. And so, what I would try to do is um, create some kind of brand, you know, like. Uh, you know, like uh, whatever it may be, Subway or something, you know, like a spiritual version of Subway or something like that. And then just open like, you know, five branches in every city and just flood the market, get people taking prashadam and, uh, and then just having really cool people hang out there to share Krishna consciousness with them. And I think, uh, I think that would have a huge effect, you know. Uh, so that's something that immediately comes to yeah definitely people gotta eat always <laughs> the eating will never stop <laughs> so having prasadam is like the you know krishna consciousness is our secret weapon it's prasadam um your all-time favorite book to distribute oh i have i'm biased because uh we, we put some things together but in essence i got to promote that book you know um we we kind of worked on that book for two, three years with the North European BBT. And what we kind of did was studied Prabhupada's uh, presentation of the philosophy and tried to couple that with, you know, some of the most frequently asked questions that people have on the street and um, and then break it up and make it really bite-sized and like boom, 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 boom. So people get an immediate sense of Prabhupada's brilliance. And... Um, and then we stuck a new type of cover on it, which is, you know, like a different style, connects with maybe a broader broader section. And I just found it amazing because I could stop anyone. And because I knew the book quite well, the manuscript, I, I just asked them any question that they had in life and I'd be able to show them how that answer mm. was in the book, you know. And, um, and I got a lot of good feedback from it in terms of people finding it like a very digestible read and things like that so yeah so that's good that's good so the layout of the book is it has you have a question and then the answer is Prabhupada's answer direct from somewhere or yeah how, so how, I don't know if the, you may have seen books like Amritavani Amritavani is something which was created by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's disciples where what they did is they formulated questions and then they found excerpts within his writings or his lectures which answer that question. Um, and then we have a follow-up question. So it becomes like a dialogue, but we've we've created the questions ourselves, but all of the answers are directly from Prabhupada. Um, okay. So yeah, there are books like that. Um, if you see also Bhaktivinoda Vani Vaibhav, that's another book which is created like that on Bhaktivinoda Thakur's. And Amritavani is the one created on Bhakti Siddhanta. So we thought, why not have one for Prabhupada as well? Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Prabhu. Definitely we should uh, see maybe uh, North America BBT can get, can get some containers shipped over. So we can yeah. start it. It's nice also because it's like one of these new covers, which is like a, it's a plastic cover. So it's like um, flexi bound. Like, they call it flexi bound, right? And it, but it's a medium. And I found like it, whatever books of Prabhupada go out, but sometimes the disadvantage of a small paperback is that people may not value it, and sometimes the disadvantage of a proper hardback is people may find it intimidating, but it will last. Um, but they may never read it. So I found that this was like, I tried, we tried to create it like that, where it was something that was so substantial that people wouldn't never throw it away. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't so big that it would be intimidating. So it's kind of like, yeah, well, I can. and then it's like very easy to read. Yeah, that's good. That's good. For, yeah, I, I, I definitely... I, I've taken a look through the book, but now talking to you, I, I'm going to go and read it. 
<laughs> the full thing <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> um, and maybe you could share with us one of your favorite verses. Uh, from Shastra? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, uh, one I can really relate to is Rupa Goswami. He says in Padyavali, Yuvadinam yatha yuni yunam cha yuvato yatha Mano bhi ramate tadvan mano me ramatam tvai He goes in front of Krishna and he says, uh, as the minds of young girls are attracted towards young boys, and as the minds of young boys are attracted to young girls, allow my mind to be as naturally drawn towards you without any diversion. I always thought that was uh, very, very beautiful because it, if we can invoke that kind of natural remembrance, natural consciousness, natural mindfulness of Krishna where um, without any effort, our mind is always going towards Krishna, uh, how nice that would be. Uh, thank you so much for drawing our minds to Krishna and for dedicating yourself to also being a servant of the book Bhagavad by distributing the books, by reading the books, and by also writing about the books to get others as well uh, hooked up to, to, to this uh, great gift we have to offer to the world. Actually, these Prabhupada's books are, like you said, the law books of the ten, next 10,000 years of which, you know, only a minuscule amount of time has passed since Prabhupada's books have actually been produced and been, been put out there. So imagine how much, 10,000 years, it's, it's an inconceivable amount of time. But these books are going to be what are going to guide you in society. So thank you for it. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you to uh, yourself and all the devotees in, in NYC. I know you guys are, yeah, a new wave of book distribution and you're really showing there's no limits. It's unlimited. The only thing that limits it is our own material consciousness. And uh, yes, handing out these sets of books, I mean, it's groundbreaking, changing people's lives. And every time I see a picture on Dandavats of the, the Shakta Rishis and uh, all the other sets that you have going out, it's like, wow. Oh yeah, I pray that we get some of the dust off your feet so we can uh, be empowered to do the same. And thank you for inspiring all of us with these podcasts so we can stay connected. Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan On. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how by giving we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.